I'm really excited about the Wednesday Night Alive course that Wendy and I are going to be teaching. I've started working on what I want to be able to say. And as we go back and look at the Reformation, the reformation of the church, it took place October the 31st, 1517. 500 years ago this year was the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. And for us to be also looking at the reformation of the United Methodist Church and issues that we may be facing in these next few years. So it's going to be an interesting time as we go through this. But as I was doing all my work and study, of course, I was looking at John Wesley, the founder of the United Methodist Church, or the Methodist Church. And as I was looking at John Wesley, I came across a great story. Turned out it was on January the 1st, 1783, on New Year's Day, he would write in his journal and say, whether this is my last year or no, I intend to make it my best. And I thought, how about that? Here, here is this man, the founder of our Methodist church, coming to New Year's Day. He's writing down his New Year's resolutions. He's writing down his dreams and his goals for the next year. And he intends to make that next year his very best. Now, one of the things that struck me was, if you know John Wesley, you may remember he was born in 1703. So on January 1, 1783, he was 80 years old. 80 years old when he's able to say, whether this be my last year or no, I intend to make it my best. That's what I was thinking about this week as I met with a friend of mine. Uh, she's in her 20s. We were talking about life, talking about dreams, the importance of having goals, figuring out what you want to do and where you want to go. I remember when I was in my 20s and I was having my dreams, very much thinking about what are those goals? What do I want to accomplish and do? And I realized, you know, it's important in your 20s to have your dreams and to set your goals. It's also important in your 40s and your 60s, and your 80s. As John Wesley would say, whether this be my last year or no, I intend to make it my best. So you and I come to the beginning of 2017. I hope you've been making your New Year's resolutions. I hope you've been setting your goals so that you intend to make this year your best. And if you do, and one thing I think we need to do is cultivate a spirit of gratitude. And one of the reasons I think that is so critical is that theologians will say it is only grateful people who can be faithful people. For to be faithful, it means you trust in God's love, God's constant goodwill towards you, His child. And in order to trust again of God's good love towards you, when you do that, you will experience God's grace. It makes you grateful. And so grateful people are grateful for the way they see God working in their lives, blessing their lives. And so grateful people are faithful people. And faithful people become grateful people. And it is grateful, faithful people who are the people who have hope for the future. 
They're the people who find a strength and a passion to dream about the future. They're the people who can find peace in the midst of a struggling world and face the future. It is grateful, faithful people that are able to say whether this be my last year or no, I intend to make it my best. So what we decided to do today was to officially begin our year of gratitude. Now, we've done this before. We did it five years ago. We had a year of gratitude. And you'll remember five years ago, we asked everyone to write a thank you note a day. One thank you note, 365 days. And we all started this process. And we actually asked you to do a lot of different things. And I got to tell you, that year had a huge impact on my life. And from what you said, it impacted many of you. But if you're like me, chances are five years later, you can still say, yes, I, there's some of the things I started doing that I sometimes do and then I kind of slack off. And then I do them and then I kind of slack off. I'm not as disciplined as I was five years ago. It's kind of like getting healthy and eating right and exercising. We do it and we slack off and we do it and slack off. Well, that's kind of like our spirit of gratitude and the spiritual disciplines that we need to have. I also got to thinking about it and it occurred to me that since we ended the year of gratitude in 2012, over 1,300 people have joined this church. 1,300 people who have no idea what we're talking about. And so I thought it would be worthwhile for those who have no idea to experience the year of gratitude, and I hope you'll take it serious. And for those of us who've been through it, it's a time for us to renew our disciplines because if you and I want to make this year our best, then you need to live in a grateful, faithful spirit. The whole idea originally came because of a book by John Kralik, 365 Thank Yous, how a simple act of gratitude changed my life. It was at Christmas of 2007 that John Kralik would say his life hit rock bottom. He is now a judge in California. Back then, he was a lawyer. It turned out that he had been divorced twice, and now his third relationship wasn't married, but a third relationship was coming to an end with a lady named Grace. When he looked at his life, he had two sons by his first marriage. They were in their 20s. He was estranged from them. It turned out that he had an eight-year-old daughter by his second marriage. He loved her very much and was close to her, but he and his, ex or his wife were in a bitter divorce struggle. And then he comes to Christmas and his girlfriend of the last year, Grace, says that it's over. When he looked at his life, all he could think of was a word was failure. In relationships, he felt he was a failure. But not only in his relationships, he also felt that in his profession and financially. It turned out when he had started his own law firm, he wanted it to be a law firm that sought justice and not a scorched earth policy. It wasn't about getting all you can and hurting other people. What do you do to settle a case that's fair for everybody? It was a real idealism. 
but he now had clients who owed him over $400,000 and refused to pay. And so now he found himself in 2007 and the economic downturn coming on, facing bankruptcy, working 60 hours a week to try to pay the payroll. He was making nothing, living in a small, run-down apartment while providing homes for his other families. No, he looked in the mirror and what he saw was a 52-year-old man who was overweight by 40 pounds, pasty, a failure in relationships, business, finances, having gone through his savings and alone. Spent Christmas Day alone. Spent New Year's Eve alone. And then on New Year's Day, he decided to go for a hike up in the hills above Pasadena, California, where he lived. And he went for that hike up into those hills, and he got lost. And he stopped finally, and he thought it wasn't missing on him, lost on him, the symbolism. He wasn't just lost physically at this moment. This was the statement of his life. He was lost. And so he sat down on a rock looking down over Pasadena, California, and lo and behold, the Tournament of Roses parade was going on. And while sitting there on a rock looking over Pasadena, he suddenly heard this voice loud and clear say, if you cannot be grateful for the things you have, you will never receive the things you want. Now, John said he wasn't a particularly spiritual person. He wasn't in the habit of hearing voices. And it was so loud and clear, it got his attention. And he sat there and started thinking about it. And he thought the things that he desired, it really wasn't material things. He wanted to love and be loved. He wanted to know joy, some peace, happiness, meaning in his work. And while sitting there, he heard the voice again. If you cannot be grateful for the things you have, you will never receive the things you want. And suddenly, he thought about his grandfather. Hadn't thought about his grandfather in years. His grandfather was long dead. It turned out that his grandfather had fought in World War I. By 1960, when John was five... I mean, his grandfather by then had 24 grandchildren. He'd been very successful. So successful, he was retired. He loved to play golf and watch on TV. But in 1960, he wanted to teach his grandchildren an important lesson. And so he gave them a silver dollar. And John said at five years old, getting a silver dollar in 1960, that was a lot of money. And when you looked at it as a kid, it looked huge. And his grandfather said, if you write me a thank you note, I'll send you another one. And so he wrote a thank you note, and his grandfather sent him a second one. And he said that was more than 45 years ago, and he hadn't thought about it until that moment. He had never written his grandfather a thank you note for that next silver dollar, and so he never got a third one. The whole lesson had missed him. He had failed to understand what his grandfather was trying to teach him. Suddenly, he had this inspired idea that he found himself enthusiastic about. What if I wrote a thank you note a day 
for the next 365 days for the next year. Because if the voice is right, if I would do that, I will be different a year from now. The things that I want. He decided to do it. The problem was, he thought, what do I have to be grateful for? His life was a mess. He was at rock bottom. Well, I can tell you, he did write a thank you note a day for the next year. And that act of expressing gratitude had the effect exactly as the voice said. It would change his life. And the book that he wrote was about all these things that would happen as he began to grow in a spirit of gratitude. I don't want to talk about all those right now. I want to just jump ahead to that fall as his life had begun to evolve. And I want to read you what he had to say. I had considered myself something of an atheist for years. But I started going to church that fall. The music was beautifully delivered with professional quality and genuine enthusiasm. The dominant message was that grace was still available to everyone, even to me. From the process of writing thank you notes, I had developed a notion of being blessed with grace that was meaningful to me. And I could see this grace and these blessings everywhere, in my sons, daughters, siblings, friends, colleagues, for just a few of more than a hundred examples where I had not seen them before. What John Kralik discovered was as he began a year of growing in gratitude, it also began a journey of faith. Because as theologians say, grateful people are faithful people. And faithful people are grateful people. And it's as grateful, faithful people, you and I find the strength and the power to dream a new dream so that whether this be our last year or no, we are determined to make it our best. So I want us to start a year of gratitude. And we're going to do many different things throughout this year one of which we're going to be trying to write a thank you note a day. That is just one thing, but we'll talk about all these things and why. Where I wanted to start today was in Paul's letter to the Colossians. Because I think as we come to Paul's letter in the Colossians, we see some of the foundational things that I think are going to go on throughout this entire year. Paul is in prison when he writes the letter to the Colossians. It's not a good time in his life. There are those times when you feel in prison. You feel trapped. You're struggling. That's where Paul was when he writes this letter. He writes to the Colossians. Now, some of you have been on trips and have gone to Ephesus there in Turkey, a wonderful city. You've seen it excavated. Well, Colossae is about 100 miles to the east of Ephesus there in Turkey. Paul had never been there. He did not start this church as he did so many. The church had been doing well, and then they got pulled off track, and, and they started worrying about spiritual angels and, and spiritual demons and all these difficult things. And they begin to think about you have to have certain food laws in order to win God's favor. 
And they wrote to Paul about these things. And Paul writes back and says, you don't need to worry about all these other evil things. Focus on God's gift to the world, His Son Jesus. And if you focus on the gift of God's grace that comes to you, all these other things are okay. And there is nothing you have to do to earn God's grace. It is a free gift. So be grateful. Pray and give thanks. And then I love what Paul had to say. And pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear as I ought to speak. Paul is in prison and he's saying, pray for me so that I can figure out what's the best way for me to be able to speak about the gospel and know the right way to do it. It's like Paul is on New Year's Day and saying, whether this is my last year or no, I'm determined to make it my best. So pray for me so that I can know the best way to go about doing it. That's where you and I are going to start today. I want us to make this year our very best as we seek to become grateful, faithful people. And there's just two things I want us to see from Paul this morning. First of all, Paul says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. What an important statement. Be constant in prayer, being watchful in it, in your prayers, with thanksgiving. When we go back and we look at the letters Paul wrote in prison, because there's a number, if you find the letters Paul wrote in prison, there's always a section on the things he is grateful for. He's not happy about being in prison. It's not what he wants. But in all circumstances, he still can find things for which to be grateful Be constant in your prayers and be watchful in them for thanksgiving. If you're not careful, your prayers can become nothing but prayers of petition for all your problems and needs and fears. Those are great prayers to have. But Paul would say you need to watch for thanksgiving in your prayers. Are you aware of the ways that you have been blessed? Sarah Van Brethnock as a lady who years ago was one of those who found herself feeling in prison. She felt trapped. She felt her life was empty. She looked happy on the outside, you know, looked perfect. We all know how to put on that view, look perfect. And yet on the inside, you're dying. You feel depressed and empty, alone, afraid. That's where she was. And it's not where she wanted to be. And she started thinking, I can do better than this. And so she sat down at home and thought, I'm going to sit down at the kitchen table and I'm not getting up until I can list a hundred things that I am grateful for in my life the way it is right now. She sat there and it took her six hours and six pots of tea before she finished her list and she had a hundred and fifty things. A hundred and fifty things and She then began reading back through them, all the things in her life right now that she was grateful for. And what hit her was, 
this really wasn't about money or her home. It was about family, love, and friends, and beauty. She looked through the list of all the things she could be grateful for right now and came to a fascinating realization and she would write, all that I have is all that I need. And all that I need is an awareness of all that I have. It's what we lose. All that I had was all that I need. And all that I need is an awareness of all that I have. So what she began to do, she started writing down five things every night before she went to bed that she was grateful for. She kept the journal. It became a gratitude journal. We talked about this five years ago. Many of us did it. Are you still keeping a gratitude journal? Or do we need to renew a discipline? She would keep her journal. It began to change her life. She wrote a book entitled Simple Abundance. Another lady read it named Oprah, who then brought it onto her show as her book of the club of the month. It went crazy. And so Sarah now has blessed millions of lives with her concept of simple abundance. All that I have is all that I need. And all that I really need is an awareness of all that I have. So let me tell you what I want us to do. You and I have just come through Advent. And as we came through Advent, you and I made a commitment. We were going to have a daily devotional every day. Church wrote them. I told you how Marsh and I got up every morning extra early, light the fire, turn on the Christmas tree, have the coffee going, and we'd have our devotional time. I hope you did. The question is, why stop? What if for the next six weeks, all the way to Lent, I hope you'll do it all year, but let's just say six weeks. Let's try for that. For the next six weeks, if you make a commitment, you're going to get up every day and have a devotional. And I was in a meeting this last week, and I was sitting there, and we got to talking as I'm here in our church, and someone said, you know, I love the devotionals that are online. And someone said, well, I use those. And someone, I... Every person sitting in the room was using the daily devotionals here at the church. I had no idea. You know, we produce them. You can go to stlukesokc.org. There is a devotional every day. You can get them emailed to you. Have a devotional. And then have a prayer. And when you have your prayer, what I'm asking is, have three things you start with by giving thanks. Three things you're grateful for, not just one, two, three, but you think of what you're grateful for and you give God thanks for that blessing. And then a second and a third, you think about the blessing and you give God thanks. Then you move on to a prayer petition. Oh God, please help me. Please guide me. Oh God, I don't know what to do. Pray about the needs. And then in the prayer with one more thing for which you are grateful. Don't just pray the prayers of petition. Start with prayers of gratitude, then your prayers of petition, and then end with a prayer of gratitude. If you would start every day doing that with your little time, it will change the feel and the whole way you begin your day and start to see things. 
Because the truth of the matter is, all I have is all that I really need. And all I really need is an awareness of all I have. And the way you become aware is giving God thanks. Fundamental to a year of gratitude is pray constantly, keeping watch in it with thanksgiving. Let us make a commitment to start each day with a prayer of gratitude to God so that whether this be your last year or no, you can be determined to make it your best. And secondly, Paul said, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. I love that line. Let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. You know, I like salt on my food. I think we all do, whether you admit it or not, because it's in all of our food wherever you go buy it. Doctors tell us we're eating way too much salt, but salt makes things taste good. Paul says, let your speech be gracious in such a way that it, it tastes good. You know, Paul lived in a day when life was cheap. It was easy for people to be disparaged, disrespected, and literally put to death. Right now, you and I are living in a time in our culture when I'm concerned about the spirit that we're creating. It is a mean spirit at times where we disparage people and, and we disrespect people. The way it's okay to call each other names, to be disrespectful. It happens whether you're watching a news program, sports commentators, go on the internet, social media, Facebook, Twitter, politics. My goodness gracious. We seem to have lived in a culture that has embraced being able to be rude and harsh and mean and disparaging and disrespectful and we accept it. Why are we surprised with cyberbullying? With children who have grown up listening to certain music and television shows and what they hear from around them, that they would feel it's perfectly fine to go on the internet and call children names and be so disparaging? Why should we be shocked to turn on the news and to hear about teenagers who are torturing a child who is mentally challenged. We're living in a spirit that it concerns me, that these should not be acceptable things. Paul would say to the early church, let your speech in a world that was very difficult always be gracious, seasoned with salt. The reason I'm asking you to write a thank you note today we're going to do many things this year. But the reason I'm asking you to write a thank you note is twofold. One, it's going to help you be aware of the blessings you have. When you write that note, you've got to think, why am I writing it? How have I been blessed? Awareness. But the second thing, when you send that note, ah, you're a light in the darkness, a small candle burning. You're sending out a word that is positive and hopeful and kind let me tell you, all the darkness in the world can't put out the light of one small candle. 
you send something that is positive. Let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. You send it out and you are a blessing in somebody else's life. And that is a ripple and it changes things. It's one of the ways you become grateful and faithful and a blessing in this world. You know, right now I, I have direct TV. And if you have direct TV, you know that for a while now we've had a small problem. There was a disagreement with KOCO um, uh, Television, Channel 5 here in Oklahoma City, and direct TV. And in contract negotiations, it broke down, and so direct TV took KOCO off the air. I was flipping through the channels one day a couple, a week or so ago, and suddenly realized Channel 5 is gone. It's not there. I've been a member, I've been a, uh, a person, a customer for 20 years, and that really made me angry. I thought, that's not right. I've been paying, I have a contract, it says this is what I'm going to get, I'm not getting it, this isn't right. Made me very unhappy. The truth of the matter was, I wasn't anything I was wanting to see. <laughs> but the point, the, 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 the moral point was, I should have been able to. You know, I, I tend to watch sports and I watch the news and I watch HGTV and some history. There, there was nothing I was trying to see on it, but just the fact it wasn't there made me mad. I didn't do anything about it for about a week until when it came to the next Monday, Brent Manning, the director of our communication, shot out an email to me saying, you do realize because they've pulled uh, Channel 5, KOCO, our worship service was not on TV. Now that made me mad. What? We are paying all this money each week in order to be able to have our worship service offered to the community. We never ask for a dime. It is purely our gift to the community and we pay that money and now it's not going out. I was smoking. I knew it's time to register an opinion and to talk to somebody about this, see when it's going to be corrected. I came home, it was night, Marsh was on the couch, and I told her, I'm smoking, here's what's going on. And I got on the internet and I found the phone number to call, and I called that number, and it's hit this button and hit that button and hit this button. If you're unhappy with the fact that your service has been cut off, hit this button, it took me, and there was a recorded voice saying, just know we love you. We're trying hard to restore your service as soon as we can and it's all going to be fine, sorry. That really made me mad. <laughs> it felt so insincere. Are you kidding me? I got back on her and I pressed different buttons. I was going to speak to somebody and Marcia's sitting over there going, just be calm. I finally got through and this lady answered the phone and she said, hello, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? She said, you know, all night long, you're the first person to ask me how I am. Thank you so very much. I'm doing well tonight. I notice you're from the 405 area code. You must be in Oklahoma. Where are you in Oklahoma? Oklahoma City. Oh, Oklahoma City. I was there not long ago. Went down to Bricktown. Man, there's some great restaurants down there. I got to tell you, have you ever been to and started talking about restaurants? I'm going, I'm calling Direct TV, not a restaurant guide. <laughs> I mean, we're visiting about Bricktown and restaurants and where'd she go and 
well, I went to go visit friends all around the outlying part of Oklahoma City and we're talking about all those good things going on in Oklahoma City and, and visiting about what's been, what was happening. And, and finally she said, so, so what do you do for a living? I'm a Methodist minister. In fact, that's why I'm calling you. Our worship service is on TV and right now it's not being shown each week. And she said, man, that is not good. I tell you what, let's put some notes in here. We need to be saying to people, this is not right. You need to get this thing settled. I really apologize for that. And let me, tell you, let me give you an address. Here's the president's office. I'm telling you, letters that go there, they get read. It makes a difference. I would encourage you to write them. I am so sorry. Oh my gosh, it shows here you've been a customer for 20 years. I am really apologize for this inconvenience. How about I discount your bill for a few years? Okay, thanks. <laughs> well, I really am sorry you're having all these problems. I'm really hoping this gets solved quickly. You know, I am Baptist. Next time I come in town, I'll come to the Methodist church. I'll come to your church. I hope you'll do that. Have a good night. Thank you. Same to you. Marsha's sitting over here on the couch about to fall over laughing. <laughs> all I could think about was... Let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. It does make a difference. It changes not only you, it changes where it goes and its ripple effect. And we live in a culture that is becoming harsh and mean and disparaging. And Paul would say, don't do that as a family of faith. Let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt for when you and I take the time each day to remember why we are blessed and we give God thanks and then we seek to write that note and to be a blessing it's a light in the darkness you and I begin today a year of gratitude making a commitment to grow in our gratitude and in our faith so that as grateful, faithful people, whether this be our last year or no, we are determined to make it our best. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let each of us lift up our own silent prayer.